Welcome to Reality Kink, this is Master Hook, and today I have somebody special with me who I'm hoping will continue to do these with me. This is Dandy. I'll let her say hi. Hi there, guys. So what we were going to do is we're going to just do something that I think needed to be done for a while, which is kind of do just a analysis of Fifty Shades of Grey as it relates to its impact in the BDSM community. First off, do you want to give a little bit about yourself and about uh, your relationship toward, um, towards the book? And, you know, this, so people kind of have a sense of what, you know, I mean, most people who know, who know, um, who know me and know what I do know <laughs> my feeling towards the book and my feeling towards the movie. But go ahead and give you a little bit of what you think about it and, you know, how that relates to you and your life. Yeah, so I'm from San Francisco, California, and um, I've been active in the scene for about three years now. Um, I read the books way before I was ever actively in the scene. I didn't really think that much of them at the time, either way. Now that I have been in the community and have watched the movies as well, just to kind of see what representation they have, my view of the books tends to be very negative as a representation of the community. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. Um, I kind of agree with um, Master Hook as far as the movie is slightly better, but that's kind of my my background. Did read the books before I came out into the scene. So read the books when they came out like five years ago, or right. Yeah, I mean, the, for for those who don't know the history of the book, it's a pretty screwed up situation. E. L. James, who let's just all admit it, is a hack writer. Uh, I'm not the first to say that, nor will I be the last to say that. She was a she was a writer of fan fiction, and I know if you uh, if you take any time to go to this uh, fan fiction uh, forums, the chances are that the vast majority of the stuff you're going to read isn't really that good. And that's putting it lightly. Most of it is really horrid. And then you have, move into the world of slash fiction, which is where this project came out of, which is doing fan fiction, but sexualized. And the thing is, is that she wanted to take Twilight and do a slash fiction with Twilight. And somebody went, hey, that's a great idea. Why don't you find something else to make, to make it into and turn it into Fifty Shades of Grey? Now, the thing is, is that the original book kind of had an advantage over the other two books. And anybody who's read the books, and I think you can probably agree to this, the first book actually was probably the best out of the three books. Yeah, and it had the most sort of BDSM in it. Not well, I mean, real BDSM, not what we know in the scene as BDSM, but right, more but I, BDSM themes. Right, but I think, but I think it's minus the BDSM scene themes. It's the actual quality of the writing itself. Yeah, I think is better in in the first book than it is in the second or third book, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that basically she was ripping off Stephanie Myers, who did Twilight. She pretty much, you know, stole Stephanie's style. To do um, from Twilight to do her fan fiction, and then just re reconfigured some of the words to create what came out as Fifty Shades of Grey. Right, and which I do have to be honest is I have a background in reading young adult um, books, even though I'm in my twenties. So I do come from a background of liking, you know, Hunger Games, those type of young adult books. But again, the this series, it was 
even when I read it years ago, it was kind of like, eh. But that was the thing is you, you had actually read the original Twilights, right? Yeah. And I mean, I wasn't, I like the story storytelling in Twilight and the writing, everyone said it was horrible as well. I'm a dyslexic, so reading is always a challenge, but I'm still able to do it. But the writing wasn't as horrible, in my opinion, as it T.J.'s are. Right. But the thing is, is that it's like, can you, could you have seen as somebody who read the original Twilights where she got her inspiration to do Fifty Shades of Grey. Could you see in the way the, the passages and the writing style and stuff like that in what Stephanie Myers had done for Twilight and what E.L. James did for Fifty Shades of Grey? Can you see a similarity within the, at least the first book? Yeah. And again, another thing that we kind of talked about um, off um, the speaker here is that um, there was somebody that I don't remember his name, but we watched a review about the books. Yeah, the Dom. The Dom, and it was really wonderful. I yeah, recommend I, those. Yeah, um, if you if you haven't had a chance to go see him yet, I cannot again, I cannot say you know recommend him highly enough. I don't disagree. I don't agree with absolutely everything he says. But and he's not that. coming from a BDS. He's coming from a but, friend's friends in the scene. Yeah, he's a he he's a he's a an ally of of the BDSM community, not in the BDSM community. So he he actually spent the time talking to people about BDSM and he did his research on um, through battered women's shelters and all you know he actually really awesome three part review yeah on that. he really did awesome. he did a lot of research and actually did a deep dive into not only the book itself but analysis of the book at that i think is completely justified right and my point that i wanted to bring up in accordance with this and even not just the writing style itself was what he was saying was one of the things that kind of goes off of twilight is this whole these women characters are written not to be extraordinary they're very you know described as very plain and that that's the fantasy part of this right is that it's a normal average girl right appealing to people with low self-confidence well it's actually it's a it's a below average right you know you know girl who has a very low self-esteem and this amazing hunky guy comes out of the woodworks and suddenly sweeps them off none of these actresses are below average looking that are portraying these characters right i just I, i think that that's one of the problems about the whole plot and i get it it's like you know you're taking you know oh any even anybody off the street that believes they're below average or whatever can ooh they can meet a hunky guy that will buy them a computer and do all this stuff and i mean we live in in a reality of fantasy in the scene so we know what's what we're capable right. of right i mean not, that's a, i mean that's right. a, the thing about the scene we we live in this this kind of mid-world between having to deal with the reality aspect, which is what I like talking about of BDSM and kink and, and the master slave relationships and so on. And the fantasy aspect of it. And the problem is, is that when you get a book like this, that completely misrepresents the community, because as you go further in the books, you find out that yeah, he basically was tricked into getting into the lifestyle yeah, underage, by the way. Totally right. do not agree with that. And I don't, yeah, don't and agree it, with that. And she has to, it's one of those, you know, those, I have to save him from his whatever it is. And it just happens to be what she needs to save him is from BDSM. It's a trope, though. I feel like it's an overdrawn trope. So sorry if we're getting a little off topic, but I feel like that's one of the things is there's so many tropes and in the BDSM, any media representing BDSM, there's some level of damage, right? When we're right, that's but that's but that's unfortunately the bad aspect that unfortunately most media represents people within the BDSM community as somewhat damaged. And the truth is, is that 
the, for the vast majority of us, that is not true at all. Are there people? Yeah. But you know what? Take any walk of life. Everybody has trauma and things they're working through. Yeah, it, it, we all have our own baggage. The thing about it is, is that the vast majority of the people within the BDSM community don't have this problem. This is something that has been made up as an excuse to go, oh, and that's why they're into it. They don't want to take the time or energy, and Stephanie and E.L. James especially did not want to take the time to actually learn about anything about us. So she created this scenario using literally shit she copied off the internet, and somehow that's supposed to be a positive? Now, taking a step back from my complete, (laughs) you know, complete hatred of the book... And my dislike, but still mild praise for the movie. The question really comes down to this simple question. Was it a positive, ultimately, for the community? I'm going to let you answer that first. I think, like you say, there's an, there's an up and down. Everything has has a reaction, right? And I think the reaction was a lot of people were brought to the community that maybe were curious or interested, but... I wouldn't say overall that it was positive. I would say there's a lot of negative like portrayals of us and people that I know in the community very much look at this as a very abusive dynamic and abusive situation because it's not representative of us. Oh no, the vast majority of the people in the community hate the book. But like I said, I have friends that came in because of the book and I right. love those and that's people where... and I'm really, if you're listening, I love having you around and so I'm glad that you found us that way, but it's... I don't know. It's definitely a, a scale there. Yeah, and the thing about it is, is that, like I said, this is why I I consider I, the fact that Fifty Shades even made this list. I think is ridiculous. Fifty Shades of Grey to me is the second best worst thing to ever happen to the BDSM community. The first being the internet, and a lot of people would say, you know, be upset with me for saying that the internet was, you know, a bad thing for for the BDSM community. And my answer is. But I also said it's one of the, it's the best thing that ever happened to the community. That's how I found, like I dated, I had an ex that had found the community. He said, go on Fat Life, look at it. You're really kinky. You should check this out. And I'm like, I don't really know. And I went to my first munch alone and I found it on Fat Life and started, you know, looking at people locally and talking to people online. And I felt more comfortable to approach the scene. So I think what you're saying is right, is that there's a lot of. But then, but also, like I said, it brought a lot of positivity but it also brought a ton of negativity as well. But I think Fifty Shades did the exact same thing, but on a lesser scale. What it did, unfortunately, is it it shined a light on the community in such a negative manner that I and when especially when the movie came out, I I was doing video after video, going off on people for claiming that Fifty Shades of Grey and BDSM were you know were leading to you know abuse of you know abuse and rape of women and i'm like what the hell are you talking about well the real bdsm with consent and safe words should not be leading to rape or non-consensual things unfortunately it does sometimes but no i mean because it but that happens in any group of people yeah, yeah. i mean because the thing about it is, is that one thing that we that we do which i think is outside of it is we are we are a very sexual community and whether people are, you know, asexual, gay, straight, bisexual, whatever, queer. queer, whatever, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is, is that you go into a club, there's naked people. There's probably a place in some clubs where people are fucking. 
There's places in, you know where people are being tied down with you know certain body parts being fully exposed. And anybody who tells me though that's not sexual, I'm going to say you're wrong. Well, so this is, brings an interesting kind of bridge on the topic is is access to community and access to to the scene really because. Now you're saying like with the internet, the internet opened up, people can look on the calendar right, right. in the Bay Area and come to things, like, you know, without being connected and they can, they have to obey well, the rules. Well, they can even do it in small, in the small town like I'm in, where with a, with a small community, you can see everything that's happening in your local area. But like I said, the problem is, and, and this is one of the things that the community's gotten really decent at and sometimes overzealously, which is, you know, where my, you know, my position is still kind of. That they they kind of tend to have a tendency to X people out of the community. But my problem of Xing people out of the community, that still doesn't mean they don't have access to things like, you know, to uh, collar space and uh, fet life where they can still find people who are going to be victims to them. Yeah. If you keep them within the community, at least you can monitor what they're doing. And it's, you know, there's, it, there's an argument to be made both ways on this. Yeah, I disagree with you. I mean, I see where you're coming from. But like in my community, there, you know, there are people that are banned for silly reasons or not. But I think in general, people are banned for pretty legitimate reasons. And there are some extreme things that were going right. on in my community. And there's a person that people know, you know, if that person comes right. around, but, we're okay with that. But the problem is, is that if they're, if they're outside of the purview of of the organizations and they don't have anybody talking to them telling them hey that's stupid you can't do that we get a christian gray situation where he is going to be abusive he is going to hurt people he is going to do things like contracts that are totally not valid or legal and you know have his own little private thing and you know and take people and do you know because i mean like i said the thing about it is is what he did with uh with with anastasia in this book nobody in the community would say yeah that's a proper way of doing it well my question is i don't know if people know maybe you even know but if you sign a non-disclosure agreement if somebody rapes you or does something unconsensual that doesn't mean you can't go to the police no because a non-disclosure agreement does does not the media right no the non well the the non-disclosure agreement stops at when lot when a when a uh, law is broken. Right, because I know at least in the movie he had her sign it. I think in the book, if I'm remembering. No, he had her sign it in the book. He had her sign it in the movie. The way they did the contract in the movie was god-awful. The way they did it in, in the movie... Oh, you just said the movie. In the sorry, movie. the way they did it in the book was god-awful. The way they did it in the movie was better. But still, simple, simple little things that people within the the BDSM community every free I mean because she says oh he went to classes on how to be a dominant why the fuck doesn't he do aftercare then right or any communication really of any yeah kind. And it's like he's horrible at communication which is the absolute last thing a dominant needs to be he he's he doesn't know how to do he doesn't understand the 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 need and or desire for aftercare and and to be fair I've known dominants that don't like to do aftercare. But sometimes they tell people, I don't do aftercare. If you need aftercare, you need to find someone else. But they they they... tell them before they get involved. Right. And and this is negotiated. Right. Or people are with their dominant and they're playing with someone else. I can get aftercare from my dominant. I don't need it from you. And that happens too where submissives or bottoms are like, I don't need aftercare from you. I'm here with my master. I'm here with my mistress. I'm here with my dominant. Right. And But that's something that, again... If he was actually somebody that spent the time to learn how to be a dominant, 
whoever the hell was teaching him sucked. Well, this lady taught him, right? And he was under... Well, no, well, no, no, the, no. After the, the way the book said is that he was supposedly submissive to this this Mrs. Robinson character. character. Uh, which apparently was in the second movie. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I've seen the second movie. And it was kind of like, you know, yeah, I was screwed up, but it's he's still up. friends with her. There And there's a whole nother, yeah, that's outside of this and video. He's still, and he's still sleeping with her. And he's still doing all of these things with her, even though supposedly she was this abusive monster who took him, a, you know, took a, you know, took his virginity at a young age because his mother was a crack whore. And I'm like sitting here going, yeah, that that's that's a that's something. It's a realistic story. Well, so now they're showing not only one person in the scene that's abusive and breaking the law. Well, he's not he's not technically breaking the law. No, he's breaking and, a lot of moral things that we as a community think are no, not I mean, okay. Yeah, but I mean, this woman is clearly. Broke the law, and that's the one of the characters were introduced as being BDSM, and the second one is him. I think through the whole series, they're the only people that are really introduced to us that are a part of the scene or into BDSM. Right, and the thing about it is, is that they oh, except his ex-slave, his ex-slave or his ex-partner is a crazy woman. Right. So everyone being portrayed in this series is na- portrayed negatively, completely negatively. Right, and and Anastasia has to be his, you know. Be her, be the, his savior. Vanilla white knight, right. nitrous or whatever. Yeah. That's completely, you're right. That's completely how it's portrayed. Which, which is the thing is, is that, you know, to me, that whole concept is BS. Because they, because, I mean, let's go to the, the extreme opposite with, and I, I know I'm going to piss people off by talking about this, uh, the Gorian series. I've never watched it. You've, ne- you've never read it. I've never read it or watched it. But you know it. kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's very extreme. Well. Yeah. What yeah. I hear. I mean, I'm sorry, anyone out there that's into it consensually, that's your Yeah, your the thing is that, you know, if you like it, cool. But you know what? The thing is, is that Gore never got the foothold that Fifty Shades got. I mean, it got a big enough foothold to get two movies. Both were, you know, anybody who says, yeah, they were masterpieces. Is, I want to know what you're smoking. Because the thing about it is, is that neither of them, even the one with Jack Palin's, was good. There, nothing about this about these movies was good, and if the actual books themselves were really schlockily written, I just think there's no like. I think we've kind of gone on a tangent, but I just think that there's no good representation. Like this is not a good representation. Fifty Shades of Grey is not a good representation. Yeah, Gory, at Gory. all. No, I mean, unfortunately. There's not really, I mean, I, I've tried, like, maybe Secretary is a decent representation. I still think that there's some borderline. There, well, the fact that she, you know, she's a cutter prying, she's a vanilla cutter before getting into relationship with him. Right, damage again. And not to say that people don't have their damage. And I also want to advocate for, I believe you can do a lot of therapeutic things. You also need a therapist, in my opinion. You also need other ways and friends and support. But you can use kink to help heal and do a lot of good stuff that's good for you and cathartic and healthy. But it's not a one-trick pony. Right. It's not like you're just going to start doing this and not be a cutter. Yeah. No, and the thing is, is that it's like, I think the thing that unfortunately every version of of media regarding BDSM, we've started to see some halfway positive portrayals, but usually done for comedy. I've also there's some documentaries out there. I have some friends that were in a documentary. I don't know when it's released, but it was about like the scene in the Bay Area. Right, and so uh, there not is the, some not real the kink, life. The, the kink movie, right? I don't think so. I think it was a real life. I don't remember who because the, the my kink friends. movie was. Uh, and that's another one that... And I was asked if I wanted to be in this documentary, and I said, you know, no, because right. I don't want my face 
but it's like the the kink movie if you haven't seen it it's actually okay it was dealing with the um the kink.com uh website you know at the citadel uh before they shut down and moved out of san francisco you mean at the armory yeah the armory but the they were you know they they shot a whole documentary about oh i have seen i've seen another one that was i thought from a completely separate documentary right. yeah. but i mean the thing is, is years that, ago that like but the thing is is that it's like you know unfortunately no one has done anything of value you know, there, there's no TV show that shows BDSM in a positive light. There's no t- movie that has shown BDSM in a positive light. I think the closest is that uh, Indian internet show. What was it called? Oh, uh, hell, I forget. I've never heard of it, really. Yeah, I would have to show you some of it. It's... Oh, but I'm curious as if people do watch this and want to comment. I'm curious if you could think of a portrayal. Okay, either based on personal experience or without, you know, you don't have to say your name or anything like that. But if you could pick a portrayal, an accurate portrayal in the media that would be vanilla-ish enough to be in the media, right, but kinky, what would you choose? Like, what well, would I you mean, think I, is I a think good... The, I think probably the the best, the thing from uh, uh, CSI. I've seen, okay, I've seen some, but in CSI, yeah. there's like, oh, these people had a dungeon in their basement. How naughty. Right. Oh, and I'm like, but oh, then it, but it But also that the mistress who was running the, um, the, the pro-dom location, and she uh, had to, she, there was like multiple storylines with her. And eventually one of them, you know, one of the, you know, one of the people killed one of her. Uh, I think her daughter or something. So she took him out to the middle of the desert and uh, what's his name? Uh, Grissom, the, the guy who was lead at the time, had to go and stop her before she killed him. And it was like, yeah, it was really... <laughs> that sounds crazy. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I don't hear or see any of that stuff. <laughs> no, but it's like, I because I, I see a lot of that stuff and it's like, but it's like no, I, I mean in real life in no, real I mean, it, it, community. No, because no, that doesn't exist. I mean that's unfortunate. It's like even that, which I think was a halfway decent portrayal. But proing is so different than I mean it's a part of the community, but it is a profession. It is a very separate, in my opinion, thing. People, I mean, people love it. Like that's great. I have yeah, no shame I mean, in I mean, that. Pro, you... To me, pro dom is like the it's like professional wrestling of the of mixed martial arts. You know, it's. It is what we do, but it's really super staged and for money. You know, no shame in it though. I mean, no. I mean, like... if that's what you know, people do, great, have fun. But the problem I have with it is I don't, I don't want people to think that is what the community is, or look at Fifty Shades and go, that's what the community. That's is. one of the things you can Google pro dom, and you'll find a lot of stuff on the internet about it, and, and you'll a find a lot of... of people that are you know doing that, and that's great. Like I said, that's great for those people, but I just think that there isn't. And I know we're getting, again, kind of into the reputation of the movie and media, but I think that that's part of the effect, is that it's painting us even worse than we were painted before. It is giving us more... It's Yeah, it's painting painting us in a negative light, and unfortunately, the reality is, is that who we are as individuals and who we are as a community is massively not understood. And the fact that, you know, it's like if you hear that some politician or something is in, in, in the BDSM, their career's over. Okay. Can be over for you at a regular job. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I mean, and the and the fact that we we I mean, we've got to a point where now 
the term kink shaming is in has, the media has made it into the lexicon. Right. Okay. That we have now moved to a point where kink shaming is now in the lexicon. I think is pretty amazing and sad simultaneously. Well, so it has brought so the positives it has brought us it's weird because even though it's really there's a lot of borderline abuse and a lot of things that are not really they're not BDSM and they're not safe in my opinion a lot of women and people were really into this book and a lot of yeah. there was a lot of buzz about it and so i think it did well, bring I mean, a lot of female was... attention to people were like oh let's go to you know this regular the regular sex shop and try a blindfold and it did bring yeah, well that was where <laughs> suddenly now there was 50 shades of gray BDSM merchandise. Nice. They totally like, yeah. With they, no people in the scene really would buy it. So because it was, it was mostly garbage. But yeah, the, the quality was crap. On the a lot quality of it. was garbage. But the thing about it was, is that ultimately, like I said, you know, th- this is one of the reasons why I had to put it as my number two when it comes to the best, you know, best worst things to ever happen to the community, because regardless of how bad the book is regardless of how bad the movies are, regardless of how dangerous some of the writing is, how inept the the author is, I can keep going down the things of how horrible it actually is. I just think the reason... Sorry, but I know... It was, but it was the first book of erotic fiction, regardless of how poor the quality was, to not be considered porn. Yeah. Uh, it's just really, it is really saddening, though, because it's everything the community is not, in my opinion. The representation is a hundred and hundred eighty right. compared to but reality. It's, but, it, but it's like if I look at look at that, then I look at something like which another one which was put on the shelves that nobody, you know, screamed and said, "Oh, that's porn! That's porn!" was the um, oh uh, Anne Rice's Cinderella. Uh, oh, I've read that one. I heard it was really good. It's really raunchy. Yeah, I heard it's and really good. And real, I mean, you want to talk about... Very BDSM, right? It Not only that, but it literally starts off with Prince Charming raping Sleeping Cinderella. Oh, okay, that's, yeah. Or that's, it's slit, not, slit, not Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. But li- the Sleeping Beauty trilogy. It literally starts off with Prince Charming raping okay so trigger warning guys on that one yeah this this <laughs> entire book i mean then he wait after he wakes her up he drags her through um drags her behind his horse like you know has her walk behind his horse stark naked right back into his town but no consent because she was no asleep. she was asleep okay see these are the things it's like there's this this thing about in non-reality and not even in play but where it's like oh well something is is still sexy even though it's wrong right a lot of this stuff can be sexy even though it's wrong we're right. not doing things that are wrong we're not doing things that are unconsensual well, that, but, but, I, but, but I the think, thinking of it is but I the think book that, itself is erotic right, right? even think, though it's right yeah but even though uh, it's, it's completely just, not consensual and right that would not though, fly yeah even i mean because if you did any of this in the community well, unless you were consensual non-consent before, but but, but right. again, but a consensual non-consensual using a rack style system, which at this point, some people hear that and go, "What the hell are you do? Hell did you just say?" Do we um, want to explain that one? Yeah, let's do that. So, consensual non-consent. Let's hear your take on it first. Well, a consensual non-consent to me is very much the same as rack. You know, ri- the risk aware uh, consensual kink. 
basically meaning before the play starts. It's like either way I describe SSC, Safe Sane and Consensual, right. and Rack is SSC is like a train. Safe Sane and Consensual. Yeah, Safe Sane and Consensual. It's like a train versus Rack, which is like roller a roller coaster. Okay. Because the train, there's a there's a there's a cord you can pull to stop the train. I still feel like with consensual non-consent, you could still get out of it. But It's harder to get out of it. Right, but, but that's why I say it falls to me within right. the rack system. Because the rack system basically says, we're going to discuss all of this. We're going to talk about all of right. this. Like, I feel like you a lot are of going to a, Right, you're going to agree to, you know. You I feel really, like we're sometimes consensual or not. Right, but that's, yeah. but it's like, but, but we've had discussions Yeah, we've prior pre-consented. That's why say, it's consensual non-consent. Right, because the thing is that, we, you know, it's like, I don't have to say, hey, do you mind if I grab your hair? Every time <laughs> I grab your hair. Because the thing is, you've already consented to it without having to uh, me ask every single time. Um, this is one of my asp- absolute problems with the enthusiastic consent concept. The, you know, the, I have to, you know, is it okay if I touch this? Is it okay if I do this? Which is, is okay really important with new people, and it's really important if you're not in an established. I think it's really important, no, even it, though it isn't sexy to be like, can I touch your leg? Can I do this? Yeah, but it's, but there's a difference between doing it when you you know you know it's like if you if you pre-negotiate and ask yeah then you know literally what you can if do. you literally ask all those questions yeah before you know is it thing. okay if i touch this is it okay if i touch that is it okay if i squeeze squeeze your breasts is it okay if i finger your pussy is it okay if i do this is it okay if i do that if you ask all of these questions before the play happens yeah which is normally what i do when i am topping right you don't have to then go you say i'm going to touch this now is that okay i'm going to touch this no now. and if okay? you're and if you're if you have to do that then you don't understand how this or how to negotiate how to negotiate because you shouldn't and another thing i want to say for people and i don't know what the levels of people here that are listening to this always negotiate the lower end in my opinion if you're new if you're new in with somebody not in a dynamic with somebody or in a new dynamic and not comfortable don't negotiate for high end shit you know a so don't negotiate for like a 2 hour scene for the first time with somebody with like needles and flogging and all this not that those are extreme things but if you've never played with the person and it's not in your comfort zone or in your yes box in the moment that may not be the best thing to lead with yeah because the thing is that you want to and this is something i think that the book completely i mean because i mean yes yes he would he would ask you know can i do this do that and it, it turns out that she hated everything and and she was doing something i would just be never do this ever 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 do this don't ever go oh i'm willing to endure your you know the pain that you're going to give me because i really like you being fucked by you well i mean that's kind of a gray area with me for example i don't like pain inherently i like the connectiveness of a power exchange with some of the pain and i have been very select on so i i see what you're saying i don't think you should endure anything for anyone no especially on you know the especially after and this is the thing that just frustrated frustrated the day. hell out of me. You know, one time, yes. But then you talk to him and say, I didn't like this, I didn't like that, I didn't like this, I didn't like that. 
And if he keeps insisting or she keeps insisting on doing or that they. thing, you know, whatever, whoever it is, if they if they keep insisting that they have to do this other, to to have a relationship with you, then it's probably a red flag that you should not be involved in that relationship. But unfortunately, people have a tendency to ignore those signs. That's why I said negotiate low first, especially right. when you're first starting out with someone. But it, but it's like but they I, can't respect your boundaries, and they can't. Well, respect I mean, it's you. like I said. I have there's the big five: conversation, negotiation, consent, safe words, aftercare. You have to have all of these. Right. Before you have to have all of these, you know, things to make a scene work properly. And so people say, well, you don't really need, uh, you know, safe words all the time. Yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say on a rare occasion. But you know what? If somebody, I don't care if you're doing a, a, a scene without safe words and somebody gets to a point where their life is in danger. You need to safe word. You need to get out of it. I mean, right. That's not being a even rack. Like that's not being a very respectful, smart player. And the same thing, even in an MS context, who really wants to push their slave to the point that they're going to die or that well, they're going to go in the ER or yeah, that's just not really healthy. But that, but that or... breaks that breaks simple the simple rule of my simple rule of real world first. Because the thing about it is, is that it's like I mean, that's again, I look at I look at this book and this movie and I compare it to my rules and I, you know, I've got to say they both break these rules constantly. Well, let's also talk. We haven't talked about the fact that this guy is rich. That's another piece here that brings in this fantasy to the average or under, under average woman is, Oh, this rich guy into this erotic stuff. will take care of me. Yeah. Blah, he's blah, blah. buying me a laptop and he's going on the, to Georgia and following me. And there's so many things wrong with that. Yeah. And that, you know, Oh, and then he, he, he steals my car and buys me another one, but I seem to be okay with that. Strangely enough. No. The thing is, is, I guess I could say that I did do see in the even in both book and movie perspective why this character would be attracted to Anastasia because she does have more submissive type tendencies based on her personality but she was not in kink or aware of anything until he got her into well, it. But that's, but that's where again I think E.L. James her writing style falls apart massively. She was supposedly basically an asexual virgin all the way through high school and my thing is how do you, do you write know, about this? How do you not? How do you not know how to write for a for a modern teenage girl? That might have been your experience, E.L. James, but that's not the experience of especially somebody who looked like Anastasia Steele. Right. Well, they're saying that like, oh, she was an you know, but we're saying she's a below average. But no, there's men hitting on her. You know, that Juan or whoever the friend was was hitting right. on her. And, I mean, clearly... And it's not like she wouldn't have had hundreds of opportunities while even going through high school. Even with... Because supposedly she was a straight-A student, blah, blah, blah. Bottom line, but she's still But I have to with... say, I have met women. They definitely have dated and had, like, sex with people, but they never masturbated or did anything alone. Because right. culture tells them, oh, why would you need that? All you need is a man or another, you know, or if you're a lesbian, maybe it's a little different, but you need a partner and to be able to do that. And, um, or if you're queer, you know, but... That's just not right, in my opinion. This escalates that stereotype. But, I, but also the thing is, is that look at where they live. Okay, she's not living. She's not living in 
rule, you know, rule Utah or rule, you know, you know, Arkansas. She's living in Seattle. Right. Okay. Seattle. One of the most liberal, you know, There's liberal cities. There's a big city. scene there, too. Yeah. One of the most liberal cities in the entire country. And she never talked about or had sex. I also want to say that I understand that this character is really in the public eye. But I feel like if there was a rich mogul in a scene in a big city that people would know a little bit or he would be involved in some no, that, but, but way. That's where, but that's Even if being masked or something. Right, because, I feel like someone would jump on that. Oh, I'm this rich. Well, I'm going to disguise myself and go into clubs and pick up women. Like, I honestly feel like that he, would be more likely. I, well, but, but here's one of the things is that he, he actually said somewhere, it was said somewhere in the book, that how he picked up women was by going to classes. Right. And what classes would he have gone to? Classes put on by... The groups in Seattle. Exactly. So guess what? The groups in Seattle would have known of his existence. Right. So either they... So then this is interesting. An interesting place. And I know we're running a little long on this, but... It doesn't matter. He... He, so the scene would have known about him. Why is he not going to things? Is he banned from the scene? I mean, clearly, based on his behavior, he should be banned. If he went to one event, think about he went to one event in a mask right. and started treating women the way he's treating Anastasia, he would absolutely oh, he be would banned. be banned very quickly. But the thing about it is, is that because, of course, E.L. James has no bleeding fucking idea of what the community actually is. And especially, she's writing about... A character who lives in Seattle who has a very active BDSM community, a very well-established BDSM leather, you know, community, you know, because again, they were, it was the, the community in Seattle, you know, had the influx from the, the soldiers from World War II. So they were one of the other hotspots along with Chicago, along with New York along with San Diego, along with California or Los Angeles and along with San Francisco, uh, Portland to some extent. Um, the, the gay leather scene, I think, has a foothold in, in Portland, but not a huge one, but has a much, much stronger one in Seattle, has a much, much stronger one in Los Angeles, uh, San Diego, and Chicago, and New York. Miami to a certain extent. But the thing is, is that I feel like this character must have gotten banned. I honestly, I never thought about this until right now. My mind is like, I mean, if he went to classes and he just picked up a woman at the class and never went to events, that would like bring my spikes up. No, that would, that like, would immediately. Okay, if I saw you at like nine or ten classes and other people had vetted you, but if I never saw you at a party or had any like. But, it, but it's like you always went to, to events just to pick up girls. He would get the reputation of a guy who ne- who only comes to red the flag event. guys. That's right. a red flag. I'm sorry. I I do believe that you know if you're out at events and you see the same person, maybe you're into the same stuff and it's worth talking to them. But I think if you're just going to classes to pick up submissives, dominance, whatever, maybe I mean maybe you're not a community. Well, but, but I don't know. But, but even but... even with the the non disclosure and blah 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 thing. But he was at a class. I mean, if he was out of class, I had other people. Obviously, right, but what, was... what I'm saying is, is that the aftermath of it. Because we know, especially because of the one girl, if there's one girl responsible of, you know, submiss- you know submissives that he has, he has had who have left him damaged. 
Well, the, so, and again, going back to the portrayal, this slave type, in the second movie, we see this, okay? And it's been a while again, guys, since I've read the books. But in the movie, the slave, the slave type is really jealous and upset, the ex-slave, about him being in love with Anastasia because that was never on the table for her and Christian, even though she was a slave and wanted his right. love. And she tries to freaking kill Anastasia with a gun. I mean, this is like, this is like, Obviously, you know, mental health issue. Right. I mean, that's a horrible portrayal. What kind of what kind of women is he? Right, but that's where but you know, but the thing about it is is that it's sorry, I'm getting loud, guys. (laughs) It's the thing about it is is that I don't have an issue with him playing with different kind different kinds of people and things like that. It's just as a if you take this this situation and apply it to the reality of not only the community at large but specifically the Seattle community. Doesn't now matter. I I've not been to been to you know, been involved in the Seattle community and if you know people out there have been involved in the Seattle community and if I'm wrong about this please tell me but I know from the communities I've been around I know this well enough if some creeper was just coming in and poaching girls from you know from classes and using the I'm rich come check you know come to my place and then they go you know the you know, people find out they're going to his place and they never see him like for a long time and then they, they, they disappear for months on in and then they show back up all damaged and upset. all damaged and upset and then here he comes again looking for another girl after a while the community would go excuse me you're not welcome here anymore because the thing is that even with a non-disclosure agreement they would physically see what these girls are like Right, even if the girl didn't say anything. Right, even if she knew that she couldn't say anything, they could tell from her demeanor something horrible happened. And whether it was because he, you know, he went too far um, with his sexual stuff, or he wasn't emotionally present and available. He, he wasn't emotionally present and available, but he loved beating the crap out of them. And this is not to say that people like this don't exist. You, there are people within the community. That are emotionally, they separate their emotions so that when they are doing BDSM stuff, they're basically emotionless and just going through the motions. There's nothing wrong with that if they know that up front. Yeah, if that's negotiated. But we see from his character that he has a tendency to use sex as a weapon to get these girls to do what he wants. He is a manipulator. Yeah, and he played on a on an innocent, you know, virginal character that has never even been involved in any of this, let alone had sex. And again, I think that's really unrealistic in Seattle. And but you know, for whatever reason, as easily. But but see, part of my my issue with the, her not having sex anymore, she wasn't religious. If she was religious, in a you know a very strict religion, I could understand her not having had sex. I could understand her. Doing, a, you know, keeping herself pure or whatever. Honestly, I've not met as many 21-year-old women that are virgins. Right. That are not religious. Yeah, ex- exactly. Especially that are willing to jump into a relationship like that so fast and jump into bed within a month. It wasn't even a month. It was a couple of days. I was like, oh my. This is, this is the thing. That... No, and I'm not slut-shaming anybody. I love sex. I love having sex with people. But it's but... not, it's not, you know, I have no issue with her sleeping with him. What I have a problem with is the fact that her portrayal makes no sense. The betrayal of him 
makes sense in the if you keep if you take that character, put him in the context of what would this person happen to this person within the actual community, and the answer is Rejected. eventually he would yeah. be banned. Yeah, and the community at large would eventually just go, you know, this guy. You know, let's say hypothetically, they no one really knew he was Christian Grey. Right, like you wore a mask or or something. you know, or you know, but you know, because the community at large has a tendency to use scene names. Yeah. Okay, and I seriously doubt that he would go in and say, "Hi, I'm Christian Grey. I'm the multi-billionaire. Hi, I'm Christian Grey. I'm the multi-billionaire." Right. Well, he would you probably know. wear a mask and use an indiscreet name. But again, if he's he's probably going to leave but it's his very, money. But, at ha- some point. but it's very, very, very rare. For somebody, even who's, you know, hiding their name for purpose, and I've been around people like this, you know, famous people, people who are cops, people who are firemen, teachers. teachers, you know, so on and so on, who use aliases within the community, which that's perfectly fine and acceptable. It, you know, you know, I mean, it's like Master Hook is not, you know, it's not my real name and Dandy is not yours. But the thing about it is, is that the the fact that he is using that he would show up in a mask. I don't know if they ever said that in the books. I just no, but I'm saying he would, but it, let's he say would have to. He would have to because he's such a famous individual. Yeah, his face would be everywhere in Seattle. Right, and the thing about it is, is that they never said he's the mysterious person because he's like, oh sure, I'll take photos. So of course, everybody's gonna know who the hell he is. How many times have you been to a club? And people show up, you know, not just, I'm not talking about the clubs themselves. Munches or classes. In a mask. Yeah, that would be really weird. Immediately it would throw up a red flag. Right. Again, unless it was a class or something that was about wearing masks. Right. Or or that if you were at a party that was a masquerade, you could get away with it and not be creepy. Right. No, I mean, if you... Or even like, at a party, you could get away right. with it. Right, because that's something that, you know, maybe that's part of your... You know, part of the scene you're doing that night is you're doing a, a an incognito scene where, you know, you're spending the, you know, except for the time that you have to then uh, go up and sign in for the event, you have to show them ID and so on and so on and show them your face to show them that you're actually you. The people who run the clubs would still who know who he is. But right, but we're saying he's going to a class in a mask. So I am really, that is an interesting point. This We really divulge a lot of things that I never would have thought about. No, because, I mean, like I said, this is where, again, E.L. James had no clue what she was writing about. Because if you actually break it down, it falls apart on its face. And that's even before. We're, this is the char- the two We're characters. We're not even talking about even them in a the, relationship yet. No, We're this talking is, about them two is, separate people. Right. This is just everything that happens prior to the movie falls flat on its face. And then you have what actually happens within it, especially because supposedly he went to a bunch of classes about BDSM. And yes, that's where he picked up girls. But you know what? I wonder if it's a lie. But that's it's the, also it can also be a lie. But if it is, clearly it could be a but lie. It, but the thing about it is, is that either he's a creeper and he went to the classes and he's everyone knows he's a creeper, or he really didn't go to the classes. Either way, that or he he did go to the classes and he kept bringing sending you know girls back damage and he eventually got banned from the community and that's why he decided to go after a vanilla girl. Right. That's a possibility as well. Both are bad. So, like, we haven't even gotten into the, the depths of the book, and we can already see all the flaws here. That's yeah, I mean, the, 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 the fact that, you know, again, that E.L. James had no clue. You know, again, yes, she used used uh, uh, the, the Twilight characters as her starting point. 
you can see that in the first book. Second book and the third book go completely off rail. Because then it becomes a, we need to save Christian Grey and turn him back into a normal vanilla guy. Why? There's also a very damaging part of the second, and I'm sorry if anyone is hasn't seen it and wants to spoilers, but um, in the second movie... You know, Mrs. Robinson is telling Anna he needs a submissive. He needs a slave in his life. This is what he needs. And she keeps believing, Anna keeps believing that, no, that's not true. And kind of shaming him for it, that that's what he believes he needs. And I'm not saying that his character is is good or the portrayal is correct. But I think that that's true for some people. For me, as a, as a slave type, it's a core need of mine to no, have power change. No, and as me, as, me as, a, as a master type, that's what I need. I need somebody who will fill that role. And that does not mean I'm damaged because of that. Yeah, it's a, and if it's a consensual that, relationship, then you're good. Right. And the fact that you are somebody that wants a, wants a master type does not mean that you are damaged for wanting to, uh, to serve somebody. And I think that the, the sadness is that portrayed this as a romance, um, a, you know, as a, you know, it's a kinky romance. It's not at all. It's not. It's an abusive relationship both ways. I mean, seriously, the fact that she is trying to change him from his core identity... Also is abusive. Is also abusive. Right, and that getting married and meeting the right girl will change you. Will, and yeah, that it, it's, I don't think that that's true for almost anybody in this life. No, it, it, if you no. really are committed and you really... I mean, some people try it and are not really no, into it. No, but it's like, I, I mean, it's like I, you know, I walked away for a little bit early on boy before i started doing my youtube stuff and i realized it was a bad move when i was in my in my marriage i i tried stepping away for a little bit and guess what that lasted all of about maybe three months right and the thing is is especially somebody that identifies as like a master type which clearly he does if he wants the amount of control he is wanting from her i don't see a problem with wanting to control those things i see a problem with not getting someone's consent and them not being okay with it and, and you controlling and not, everything no that's I mean, the problem the, his, the thing is, is that his, he had about 25 to 30% of what it really takes to be a master. And I'm not even talking about the Red Room. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the thing about it is, is that he has a basic, the basics, but not by much. Not by, you know, not by, you know, a, you know, he, it's like if supposedly he went to these classes, obviously he wasn't paying attention. Because... Yeah, because he was trying to pick up the girls. Right, because the simple things like negotiation and aftercare, instead of just, here's a contract. And I'm like... Well, he did ask her to look up the things to agree to them, which I don't think is accurate. I mean, but it is something, but it's not... But that's where, but like, you know... you know. But who, like, buys people a bunch of gifts? $1,500 and, you know, in, in for three old books... A really and within super like, expensive within like a, a week, right? And, and I'm sorry, but that's the that's the fantasy. Yeah, you know. And the thing is that I would have almost been okay with this if it had moved to a TPE fantasy. It almost it almost is a TPE fantasy, but without the consent. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know what TPE is, it's t- um, total power exchange, basically meaning that consensual non-consent. Yeah. Is included in total that. total. You know. You know, nothing's off limits. Nothing's off limits. You're you're totally at the mercy. You don't have a job. You don't have anything. You're well. You can have a job, but, right? But basically, you're, your your job is controlled by the master. Type. Right. You're you know every your entire life is controlled by by his will and his action. 
I've always stated that I think that that's an unrealistic way of looking at this life. But I honestly would have probably been better with it, with this book if it had been that. So it and, was definitely going that way, but but and like I said, I mean, and and the thing is, is that you know, overall, again, I think the the impact on the community has been both positive and negative. And we could probably spend the next hour just analyze over analyzing the hell out of this book. Uh, but I want the last thing I want to bring up is the red room as an individ, as an individual scene you know, or in, thing. Right. I when I saw in the way it was described in the book, god awful, because just she had no fucking clue what she was talking about. But the movie version, the room itself was good. If that was somebody's actual dungeon room. I'd be impressed. The thing is, is that what, the thing about the movie, which I found, which I, I heard about was... But how would he have known all the things about all the implements? That's my question. He went, He must have really had to go to the classes. Exactly. This is where... Where did he buy the toys? Online? Or did he go to... They look good. Yeah, to do... No, the quality the, of, of toys, toys. He had to go and find craftsmen to make half of that shit. The bed? It's not something you can buy online. Those of those floggers... We're not something you could buy over the internet. You're not going to go to Amazon and buy and those bloggers. find that good quality, no. No. These you have to were, go to a vendor local or... You're gonna, yeah. Or you're going to have to find you know a vendor online and talk to them. And the thing about it is is that the quality of even the writing crop... And I you can buy writing crops at you know, tax stores yeah. and online. But that quality of that writing crop told me this was not a cheap one. His the his you know his bed that he had, again, custom made. The entire room from the ground up was custom made. And do you really think he would just call in some general contractor or he did it himself? No. No. He had to go to the community, and find somebody who knew how to build dungeon equipment to come in and do it. This to me points the fact that he at one point was involved in the community. And then was banned. And then got banned. And that's the only way that that character makes sense. sense. That's good. That's interesting. I'm curious to see what people think about that. Yeah, that is so... really... <laughs> we're like over an hour. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're like almost at an hour here. So, yeah. Uh, this is going to be, you know, the hopefully the new way that we're going to be doing these uh, podcasts. Yeah, this is, this is going to be, you know, whenever we can get together, we'll be doing it together. If not, then we'll figure out a different way to record it. But I think this was a, a good start. So what did you think? Yeah, I think it was really interesting. Even though it was like, an, I'm like, it's an hour. Yeah, you were like, oh, we'll get 10 minutes out of this. Maybe <laughs> like, 15. I was like, and, oh, and my God, if people get to listen to this crap. That's what I'm Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, literally, it's like we're an hour. You in, know, yeah, we're, you we know. We went places I didn't expect to go. But so. that's but that's the fun of it. So thanks, this. everyone, for the so listen. That's it for now. So see you, see you next time. Be well and safe.